Okay, so here we are continuing to move through Lent. Um, we've got this uh, very important text, of course. You know, it shows up, this is the Gospel of Luke, where Jesus is, he, you know, stop judging, do not judge. And uh, we get that in Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount, very, very central, very key, very important teaching of Christ's. And we really got to understand what it means and what it doesn't mean, okay, if we're going to appreciate uh, its truth. So often uh, people are bandied about, bandy this, this phrase, don't judge, about quite a bit. And, you know, it's even become like a little proverb, I think, and it's almost like a little joke. You know, we're at, I'm in the office and someone's eating this really, you know, huge sugarful donut and they take, don't judge me, don't judge me, you know. Uh, so it's almost become kind of a joke, you know, you can't judge anybody. So, you know, what is Jesus teaching us? What is he not teaching us? Um, well, he's not teaching us to be dumb or to not believe anything. Okay, because if we were to take the whole phrase, don't judge, to its full extent, that's literally what would happen, is that you would literally never actually affirm or believe anything. Okay? The mind, the human mind, there's three basic acts to the human mind. There is uh, grasping of the concept. So, for example, uh, mankind. Okay, we grasp that concept. Uh, mortality or mortal. Okay, it's another concept. All right, so that's the first act of the mind is just grasping concepts. The second act of the mind is judging. Okay, all men are mortal. As soon as you affirm something or deny something, you're making a judgment. All right, it's unavoidable. This is what the mind does. Okay, and then the third act of the mind is putting uh, different judgments together and making you know logical deductions from them or inferences. So you know, all men are mortal. Uh, Socrates is a man, therefore Socrates is mortal. All right, so that's an that's an argument. That's that's you know thinking logically. So Jesus is not teaching. He's not saying to us, "Don't ever judge," in the sense that you know you have to make a judgment call. Okay, and discernment. Christian discernment is precisely that. It's making a judgment. This is right. This is wrong. How should I live? Should I do this? Should I not do that? Okay, so the the virtue of prudence, uh, the spirit, the spiritual gift or the, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit of counsel, all of those things have to do with actually making judgments. So Jesus is not saying never make judgments. You know, what was the, I heard a phrase, someone's like, you don't want to be so open-minded that when you bend over, your brain rolls out of your skull. You know, so we we have to think, we have to be intelligent, we have to affirm things. I'm I'm reading a book a little little here, a little there. I don't have much time to read anymore these days, but reading a book, a little here, a little there. Very interesting thesis. Uh, it goes back into Greek history. There was a Greek philosopher by the name of uh, Pyrrho. And he actually was in the company of Alexander the Great when they went out east. And so he made it all the way to India, and he conversed with some of the Indian philosophers at that time, the yogis, okay, so they had the Hindu kind of philosophy, but also the Buddhist philosophy was around at that time too. This is uh, 4th century B.C. And uh, the, the thesis of this one author is that Pyrrho got some of his doctrine, or at least he was influenced, or maybe, maybe he even influenced the Eastern thought, but more likely the Eastern thought influenced him. Uh, the Buddhist thought in particular. And Pyrrho, his whole idea was you could never make a judgment. You have to suspend judgment indefinitely all the time, 100%. That was his philosophy. So he literally believed nothing. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I mean, even if you say, 
you've got to believe nothing. Well, that's a judgment. You know, you have to believe. That's a judgment call. You, so you have to believe something. You know, even if you say, I believe absolutely nothing. Well, you believe that you believe nothing. So you still believe something. So <laughs> you have to. It's just inevitable. you got to make this. So Piero's whole thing was like, I'm going to empty my mind of all judgments whatsoever. And, you know, sometimes the Buddhist meditation techniques, not all of them, but some of them entail the whole emptying of the mind. And somehow that, that, that creeps into Christianity. So if anybody ever teaches you, oh, if you want to learn how to meditate, uh, you know, as a Christian, you want to empty your mind of all thoughts. Like, that's not, no, that's not how you meditate, all right, according to the Christian tradition. According to the Christian tradition, you usually have a, a small thought that you meditate upon, and you do it over and over again. So that's usually like the kind of the beginning of Christian meditation, is it entails discursive, logical reasoning based on very simple, profound truths from sacred scripture. So Jesus is not teaching us to empty our minds out and be completely thoughtless and have absolutely no beliefs. But what he is doing, and this is a very challenging thing, is he is he's basically teaching us that, listen, when human beings do things, oftentimes their intentions are not clear to us. All we're privy to are their external behaviors. And we don't know their intentions. We don't know where they're coming from. We don't know their life history, all of that kind of stuff. So we're not in a place to judge them. It would be rash and and irrational and stupid to say, oh, this is what they meant. They meant to be mean to me. They meant, oh, it's a power trip. I think this is a big one today. You know, any exercise of authority is, oh yeah, the guy's just totally, totally getting off on his power trip. Right? It's a total, see, it's a suspicious suspicion, you know, the hermeneutics of suspicion and resentment. And, uh, Jesus is teaching us, don't do that. We don't know. We don't know one way or the other. Oftentimes someone dies, you know, they maybe, they live maybe a bad life, evidently, from their external behavior, but we, we, we always hold hope that possibly there was repentance before they died. So we're not judging. We're letting God judge the hearts and the intentions of of men and, and women. And so this is what the Lord is teaching us, is a stance of real humility, of being very slow to try to guess what someone's thinking. You know, psychologists teach you if you don't know what someone's thinking, ask them. <laughs> Sometimes we don't want to ask them, though, because it, it, it's sort of like we'd rather go on with our imaginations, oh, this is what they meant, this is so forth and so on. Um, and so there's a real kind of vulnerability that you have. You know, did you when when you did this? This is what I thought, but I want to check it out. Is that really what you were thinking when you did X, Y, or Z? You know, the other reverse thing I I encounter from a pastoral perspective all the time is when it comes to funerals. You know, at a funeral, you want to always say something nice about the person that died, even if they weren't exemplary. You know, Christians or whatever, you want to say something nice. You want to hold out hope. So that's a general kind of courteous sort of uh, way of doing things when it comes to funerals. But I think it can go too far, and you can, I've seen this happen quite a bit, is a person did live a good life, a good, good Christian life, and suddenly they're canonized. You know, like this person is in heaven right now, enjoying the glory of God. Yeehaw! Whoa, 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 whoa. You know, that's a judgment, though, of the opposite side, right? So you can judge them, you can condemn them to hell, that would be bad. But you can make the error on the other side and say, oh, this person is just basking in the glory of God. Well, we, as Catholics, we believe that very frequently after we die, there is a process 
of uh, purification that takes place. And the person is in need of our prayers and suffrages and the mass being offered to them. So ironically, sometimes when we're quick to judge that someone's in heaven right away, we're depriving them of maybe incredibly necessary uh, helps that they might need. You know, I had a very wise old parishioner once say to me, when I die, you better not canonize me. I want your prayers. I don't want your praises. I want your prayers. And that's, that's really right on. That's really right on. So this is the truly Catholic approach. Is you just kind of step back and say, God's the judge, just in case let's pray for the person, because you never know. It's an act of charity to help them out, okay, to really care about them. Uh, and to give them aid in that journey that they're going through and their, their soul's going through towards the Lord. And in general, in life, we want to suspend judgment when it comes to the hearts and the thoughts and the intentions of others. I mean, sometimes we do have to make the judgment that, you know, they, someone comes and they manifest their conscience to you. They want your opinion about something. But for the most part, the way, the, the Christian way is to really suspend judgment.